there. Welcome back to the Look for Strength podcast, where we share exceptional stories from exceptional individuals around the world for exceptional listeners. I'm Amay Look, and I'm your host. This episode is part two of my last episode with Jessica Takamoto, the CEO and founder of the fitness company Shine and a Queen's Commerce 2021 alum. Part one of the talk focused on her personal journey with dance, fitness, and starting Shine. And part two will give us insight into life as an entrepreneur. Let's jump right in. I'm sure the whole process, the whole journey until now, since March 2020, hasn't been all rainbows and butterflies, or maybe it has been. But I was wondering um, what you find the most challenging part of starting a business or starting Shine was, especially while you were still in school as a student. And how do yeah. you approach these challenges and, and deal with them? Yeah, great question. So for context, like I mentioned, if you're not familiar with the commerce program at Queen's, uh, a lot of people like to go on exchange in their third year. And a lot of people try to go in the winter because winter in Kingston is freezing and kind of sucks. So I said, get me out of this Kingston winter. I was in Singapore. So I came back at the end of my third year. And then I had one more year left of my degree. Um, but for full transparency, I had done a lot of summer courses and kind of fast-tracked a little bit. So going into fourth year, I only had four credits remaining. So I think that's a key thing that a lot of people think I was a full-time student. I was very much not a full-time student. Um, and so I, I effectively, like I was, I was putting in like easily 40 hours a week, easily into doing this. So the managing school and a business was not actually the tricky part for me. Um, but when I started, I had no intentions of starting a business. Like I came home and I was bored in lockdown and I was literally like in one room of the house, I got the bathroom and this like bedroom slash office slash living room slash whatever. And my mom would bring food to my door because we were like isolating. Right. So I had nothing to do. I no idea I was going to start a business, but I was like, you know what? Live streaming online. That sounds kind of fun. Like I'll just do it and get people up and moving. And a lot of people said like, this is like in lockdown, it was so scary. And this half an hour is something I can look forward to every single day. And some days it's the best part of my day. And you know, that kind of fueled me to keep going, but it got to a point where I had been doing six weeks of teaching class five days a week, um, completely for free online. I'm like, okay, this is not sustainable as a hobby slash side hustle. Like you, and I had a job offer to go back and teach for the ARC in the summer. But I was like, I don't really want to go back. I love teaching on my own time, playing around with my own format. This is so cool. This is so fun. And like, I didn't, I could probably do better if I just taught for myself. Like, can I make more than $20 an hour was my metric. And I was having like 40 people in class at this point. So I was like, yeah, I could probably make more than $20 an hour. So like, let's just go for it. And through the process, then I started charging people money. And then I started to do marketing. And then I started to, and then I was like, oh shit, I have a business. Like I, you have money coming in. So that means like you have a business <laughs> or I have money coming in and a service going out. So I had a business. And then as I kept going through the summer, it was just like, I was working full-time and doing this from the second I stopped working until pretty much the second I went to bed and it was horrible. And I was working constantly nonstop. And that's when I, I realized there was a week where I was making more money doing five fitness classes a week than I was in my full-time job. And I hated my full-time job. So I was like, why would I stay? This is like what business school is all about. Like you have very little to lose by quitting this job early, but you have potentially a lot to gain by just like going all in on this for a month. So I did, I quit at the end of July and I started doing shine full-time in August. And kind of at the end of August, I was really debating because I didn't know what I wanted to do post-graduation, but I knew I did not want to do accounting. I did not want to do finance. I did not want to do like CPG marketing. And I did not want to do 
consulting. So those are like kind of the options they present in commerce. And I was like, well, I don't really want to do any of these. I love fitness, but like, what are the options to work in fitness? I don't know. And I used to joke, I wish I could be a full-time group fitness instructor. So I was like, look, this is actually at a point where I could see scaling it to somewhere that I could sustain as a full-time business. So I have really nothing to lose. I have no responsibilities. Like I don't have a mortgage. I don't have family. I don't have kids. So let me just try this. And I talked to um, someone in who was two or three years ahead of me in commerce who went, who went and became an entrepreneur. And he was like, do it. Try it for two years. You have nothing to lose. You will learn so much. The worst case scenario is if this crashes and burns, you can go back to the commerce office, go back to the like career center and they will help you get a job. You have a commerce degree. Like this is like, you literally have nothing to lose here. So just try it for two years and go all in on it. So that's what I did. That, so that's kind of the story of like why, how I decided to go full-time with this, um, which I know for a lot of people, the idea of being a full-time entrepreneur sounds so scary. And there has absolutely been some of the, like entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. You have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And some of the challenges and the low things I've had to deal with, like firing people, hiring people, like dealing with, you know, someone on your team gets into an argument, dealing with cash flow problems, like being scared I wasn't going to make payroll, um, putting personal savings into the business, like a lot of different things that are so scary at the moment. Um, and ultimately, like the like accountability comes down to you. I found out that I wasn't collecting HST and I had like three months of HST worth that I had to like pay. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that I had to remit HST to the government. Obviously you have to remit your HST, but I just like genuinely didn't know. Um, didn't hire an accountant until like almost a year in. Probably like should have done that differently. But it's all these things that you don't know in the beginning. And looking back, uh, a lot of the really hard things and the challenges just came from being young and naive and never have started a business before. But I think a lot of those things, you know, I could be reading business books, how to start a business 101 all day. But if you don't ever jump in, there is always going to be things. There's a lot of things I actually did get right. You know, looking back, thankfully I had a, some business background. So I knew what like marketing was and I knew how to read a balance sheet. Some people started businesses. They don't know how to read a balance sheet, but that's okay. And you figure it out and you Google it and you get through it. But a lot of the challenges just, just came from not knowing and not having done it before and having to deal with really hard things. Um, and sometimes feeling like really alone when you're doing it because you know, you're, you're the boss now and you're used to being the coworker. So very different dynamic. And I would say the, the last element that was probably one of the most challenging was being in a lockdown, which is not something that was in my control. And 10 out of 10 would not recommend starting a group fitness business during a lockdown where you can't be in groups, uh, with other people, like not, it, it makes it very challenging when, you know, you want to do in person and online and, so in the beginning, online was great, but I had never, I didn't want to have an online business. Like I, yeah, teaching online is fun, but like, I love my heart is teaching people in person, connecting with people. And that's something we couldn't do. So you make the best of it while you can, but then every opportunity to go back in person, I wanted to take it. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. And that created immense confusion because then every two weeks, when there's a new restriction coming out, you're switching your offering. So that is like a for sure no-go from a business perspective. Um, but in the beginning, I didn't always analyze things from a business perspective because I think while starting it in school, you don't quite have all the adult responsibilities yet. Um, whereas now I'm like yeah, in school, cash flow, eh, okay, like whatever. It wasn't that big of a deal. Like I could 
deal with screwing up the cash flow one week. Whereas now it's like, no, 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 like you have rent to pay and you have bills to pay and you have like a life to you need to pay for for yourself. And so had I had this when I already started the business, I think I would have made smarter financial decisions. So much accountability where it's just you and it's difficult and challenging. And I'm sure you've learned a lot about yourself throughout the process. Is there anything specific that you've learned about your personality or um, your strengths coming out of the process of being an entrepreneur? Good question. Um, This is a toughie. Um, I mean, I didn't grow up ever thinking like I, I have a vivid memory of being like, I don't know, maybe 10 and like talking with my mom at the kitchen table. And, you know, I was always like very high achieving perfectionist, like nineties, like that kind of a type A student. She's like, honestly, Jessica, I think you could be anything you want to be. Like you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer. I just, I, the only thing I don't think I could see you being when you're older is an entrepreneur because you are not like, you don't do well with uncertainty and risk. And I was like, (laughs) um, and I just thought for so long, like, no entrepreneurship, like mm -mm, not for me X. No. And so I had all these misconceptions about entrepreneurship and, um, I, I had all these like thoughts that, you know, I know I can't do it. It's too risky. It's, it's too scary. There's too much uncertainty. And like, absolutely. It is hard to deal with the uncertainty and absolutely there is risk involved, but there's risk involved in everything you do. And, um, a lot of people talk about like, like, it's a funny thing I heard about entrepreneurship where they talk about like a lot of people look for job security, but, and they think you, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have job security, but you actually have the most job security because you create your own job. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the biggest thing I've learned is there's a lot of misconceptions about entrepreneurship and, um, you know, what we think entrepreneurship is or looks like, and there's certain, and I guess right now the kind of hyped up thing, especially in business school is this like, Silicon Valley tech angel invest like angel like VC fund investing go and raise a ton of money and then like have some sort of like unicorn billion dollar startup that is going to like be the next Facebook that's kind of the rhetoric around entrepreneurship I found when I was in business school and uh, they don't teach you like that does not teach you a lot of the practical skills that like I had to deal with when you're you're actually starting and and I was actually it's the summer job I had when I, um, in that summer before I like when I was starting shine, I was doing a entrepreneurship program through Queens. So that's what it was. It's called Quixie. Um, and I remember like the advisor was like, no, like stay in this program. You're going to learn way more. This like little coaching thing that you have on the side, like it can wait. Um, yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. But like I'm making $0 brainstorming all day in this incubator but I, I'm bringing in like, like actual cash flow. Like I think, and, and so I made a choice, like, okay, pick the cash flow over the like value creation and invest, investor model. And I think that's the only model that's really talked about in business school. So anyways, long story short, a lot of misconceptions about entrepreneurship and what it is. And I think a lot of people, um, and especially it's sad to say, but a lot of girls, like the, the appeal of like being an entrepreneur is almost like scary because like, there is definitely like ambition is a dirty word kind of mindset of like, oh, being an entrepreneur is like so scary and so risky and and you put yourself out there so much, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a lot of ways to be an entrepreneur that aren't like starting a tech startup. Um, so, yeah. 
I agree. I think it is very scary. The concept of being an entrepreneur, like there's this kind of like stigma around it almost where it's like, oh, that's hard. Like, like that's not something that I could do myself. That's something for like other people, smarter people. Like, but I'm, I'm glad that you started Shine and you didn't go into health insurance. And thank <laughs> you for dispelling all of those misconceptions about entrepreneurship and sharing your journey and your experience. Um, thank you so much, Jess. I loved hearing about your, your journey, um, how you dealt with your challenges, how you found strength. My favorite part of shine personally is the community and the philosophy behind a workout that actually makes you feel good about yourself and that we're stronger lifting each other up and, and better together rather than pushing others down. And honestly, shine wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for your innovative, your innovative spirit, your persistence, your strength in developing such a beautiful community. So I thank you so much for that and for speaking with us today on the Look for Strength podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I feel like I was kind of like a bit chaotic trying to share all these different stories, but hopefully the point get, gets across and, and kind of what you were saying, just to wrap up, like one of my favorite sayings, uh, like personal mantra, I repeat all the time is we rise by lifting others. And um, it's so true. I think a lot of times we think if if someone else is like winning, that means we are losing, but we want to find situations where they're winning and we're winning too. And the way we do that is by cheering others on and lifting others up. So um, I'm so grateful that you've had, you've gotten the experience to experience shine in person and online. It's really incredible. And um, yeah, I'm always looking for ways to continue growing the community and spreading this philosophy and transitioning out of this lockdown environment and seeing how we can grow it um, possibly with in-person classes. So yeah, it's exciting. It's a ride. And um, I'm grateful to have you along for the journey. Jess's initiative to create a community of strong individuals who come together and lift each other up is playing a vital role in the shift we've been seeing in the fitness industry towards focusing on enjoyable exercise that improves your quality of life. Thank you so much, Jess, for sharing your personal and professional experiences, the challenges you faced, and discussing the idea of strength with us over the last two episodes. I'm Amay Look, your host, and thank you for listening in. See you soon. Mm-hmm.